Welcome to Your Torah, a 36-week journey into the world of the 63 books of the Mishnah, 18 minutes at a time. A project of Jofa UK, designed as a special invitation to engage in Torah and make it yours. This Your Torah episode is dedicated by Rabbanit Leah Sana to her wonderful colleagues and teachers at Yeshivat Maharat. My name is Leah Sarna, and this is actually my third podcast in this series. I currently live in Washington Heights, which is a neighborhood of New York City, and I'm finishing up right now my last few days at Yeshivat Maharat before my smicha on June 18th. In July, I'll begin working as the Director of Religious Engagement at a synagogue called Anche Shalom B'nai Israel Congregation in the Lakeview neighborhood of Chicago, Illinois. The Masachet we'll be looking at today is called Yadayim, hands. Impurities that make the hands impure, but not the rest of the body. These impurities can be resolved through hand washing, Nitilat Yadayim. Chamat Yadayim is a kind of strange subcategory of impurity, especially because this kind of impurity doesn't appear anywhere in the Torah, unlike most of the other kinds of impurities that are discussed throughout this Seder. The Talmud in Shabbat 14b tells us that King Solomon instituted the impurity of hands, and then Shammai and Hillel came along and expanded it. As Rav Yehuda said in the name of Shmuel, at the time that Solomon instituted the ordinances of Eruv and of washing hands to purify them from their impurity, a divine voice, a batkol, emerged and said in praise of King Solomon, from Proverbs 23, My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will be glad, even mine. And so too, from Proverbs 27, My son, be wise and make my heart glad, that I may respond to those who taught me. Solomon came and decreed impurity on hands to prohibit contact with consecrated items, kochim, and Shammai, Hillel, and their disciples came and decreed impurity on hands, even to prohibit contact with truma. Before King Solomon, hands could only become impure if the rest of the body was becoming impure as well. And the rest of the body can only become impure through contact with an avatuma, an original source of impurity. But King Solomon determined that hands can become impure separately from the rest of the body, and they can contract impurity even from second-degree impurities. Most of the time, this impurity doesn't need to be rectified. You can go through life with impure hands. The Talmud here tells us that King Solomon only thought this impurity needed to be rectified if a person was touching something that had been sanctified for the temple, kachim. Hillel and Shammai came along later and determined that this impurity needed to be rectified if a person wanted to eat truma as well. Truma is the holy food that people set aside for the priests. Put straightforwardly, King Solomon and then Hillel and Shammai added in this new type of impurity so that we would be extra careful when we touch holy things. The general principle is that hands are askaniot. They're always on the go, touching things, getting involved with everything in the world. And that means we assume that they, more than any other part of the body, might have contracted an impurity. So when we want to touch something that needs to stay pure, we have to be extra careful with our hands, beyond the care we take with our bodies as a whole. This is the source for our Nitzilat Yadayim today, when we wash our hands before we eat bread. And I'll get back to that later. First, we'll do a breakdown of the short, four-chapter-long Masachet. The first chapter deals with some technical questions. How much water needs to be used for washing the hands from impurity? What kinds of water can and cannot be used? What constitutes pouring the water? 
and most notably, a conversation about whether or not a monkey can pour the water for a person. The second chapter moves on to a different set of questions. How many times and in what way should you pour on each hand? What happens if something falls into the water that was used for washing? How do we define a hand for the purposes of tumat yadayim? And lastly, if there is a safik, a doubt, about whether a hand is pure or impure, what is one to do? The third chapter begins with a discussion about just how impure hands can become. And about halfway through, that chapter transitions to talking about how hands contract impurity from touching Kippei Kodesh, holy writings. There, we find a discussion about whether Kohelet, Ecclesiastes, and Shira Shirim, the Song of Songs, defile the hands. And that's a very interesting discussion because it actually pertains to codification. Are these writings holy or are they not? Holy books defile the hands. Unholy books do not. And the Mishnah records that there was a debate. And on the day that Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah became the head of the yeshiva, they settled the debate and decided to include Ecclesiastes and the Song of Songs into the canon of Tanakh, thereby deciding that, yes, indeed, these works defile the hands. Just as an aside, and we'll get back to the fourth chapter in a second, but this piece about the Song of Songs and Ecclesiastes is how I got into Yadayim in the first place. I began to pay attention to the Song of Songs during my gap year between high school and university, when I studied at the Beit Midrash for Women at Migdal Uz in Israel. There, we used to read the Song of Songs, Shir HaShirim, every Friday before Shabbat, as we looked out the windows of the Beit Midrash into the sun setting in the Judean hills. It was the most beautiful and relaxing way into Shabbat, chanting a love song between God and the Jewish people, reminding ourselves that Shabbat is one of the greatest gifts Hashem has ever given us, a time of closeness between our people and God. Those memories have come back to me every year around Passover, as we read the Song of Songs in synagogue. And one year I got around to giving a shiur on the topic. And that's how I came to learn Mishnah Yadayim. As much as I love Shir HaShirim and always will, Yadayim is a way into the problematics of it. Some of the rabbis didn't want to include it because, well, it's kind of R-rated. But at the end of the day, Rabbi Akiva comes to the rescue, calling the Song of Songs the Holy of Holies and making sure it was included into our Tanakh. And if you've ever sung the Song of Songs while watching the sunset on a Friday afternoon, you'll know that Rabbi Akiva was unquestionably right. As he argues, if all holy books are holy, the Song of Songs is the Holy of Holies. Rabbi Akiva, with that statement, rounds out Chapter 3, and Chapter 4 continues to pick up on two separate themes that began in Chapter 3. First, we learn of a few other decisions that came about on the day that Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah became the head of the yeshiva. Then we go back to a discussion of a few other rules about holy writings and hand impurities, and then a description of a debate that happened between the rabbis and the Sadducees about holy writings. That brings us to a few other descriptions of debates between the rabbis and the Sadducees, and with that, our tractate comes to a close. After we've just talked about all of the Mishnah's various questions about Nitzilat Yadayim, let's just do a bit of a rundown of practically Hilchot Nitzilat Yadayim. These halachot are surprisingly rich and complex, so this is just a quick surface-level start to whet your appetite for more learning on your own. Here goes. We wash our hands a whole bunch of times in the day, when we wake up in the morning, before we eat bread, before davening, before benching, and the Mishnah describes a required quantity of water for washing, namely a rivi'it. That comes out to about 3.8 fluid ounces, approximately half a cup. 
The water needs to be clean, and it cannot be water that someone else used for washing. This comes up a lot in kiddish or weddings when people are washing into bowls instead of sinks. You can't scoop the water back out of the bowl that other people have washed into. You also need to wash your hands with a utensil, a kli. And that utensil needs to be capable of holding a revi'it, a measure of volume equal to about half a cup. As you can imagine, most of our standard washing cups hold way more than that amount. The pouring of the water should come from human force, koach gavra. This means that the water cannot be poured through mechanical force. Though, as I mentioned before, the Mishnah records a debate about whether a monkey can fulfill the requirement of human force, but you'd need to have a monkey for that to be a relevant conversation. When you wash, ideally the water should reach your wrist, though it must at least reach to your knuckles. And there are a few different opinions about how many times each hand must be washed, ranging from one to three. The safest bet, in my opinion, seems to be three. Interestingly, there's also a debate about when to make the bracha. The Shulchan Aruch suggests that, like all mitzvot, we should make the bracha before netilat yadayim, just like the many other brachot we make in the day where we say the brachot before we do an action. On the other hand, Ashkenazi poskim like the Ramah and the Mishnah Bura suggest that one should make the bracha after washing, because it's better to make the bracha with clean hands, but before the hands have been fully dried off so that netilat yadayim is not yet complete. And that's why a common custom is to make the blessing while you dry your hands. Before we leave Yadayim, we need to learn one Mishnah together. Chapter 4, Mishnah 6 is one of my all-time favorite Mishnayot. Here goes. Omrim Tzdukim, the Sadducees say, We denounce you, Pharisees. For you say that holy scriptures render the hands impure. But the books of Homer, or maybe just all secular books, do not render the hands impure. Okay, so first of all, how amazing is it that the Mishnah references the works of Homer? That's just an incredible thing. But also, the Sadducees here are making an accusation. Why would you ever decide that the scriptures make the hands impure, but not the Odyssey? If any book should defile, it should be secular books, not scripture. The Mishnah continues in what should definitely be read as sarcasm. Amar Rabban Yochanan ben Zakai. V'chi ein lanu al haprushim What, that's the best you can do? That can't be your only objection to the Pharisees. For they also say that the bones of a donkey are pure, but the bones of Yochanan the high priest are impure. As discussed elsewhere, human remains render anything impure, but animal remains do not. By the logic above, the lowlier things should carry more impurity. Animals should give off greater impurity than humans. But the Sadducees know why it is that human bodies give off more impurity than donkeys. Amrulo, the Sadducees responded back to Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai. In accordance with their love is their impurity. So that one does not fashion the bones of his father or his mother into spoons. It's quite the image. In accordance with their love is their impurity. Amr Lahem, Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai responded. He said to them, So too regarding the sacred scriptures, in accordance with their love is their impurity. 
וספרי הומרס, שאינן חביבים, אינן מטמים את הידיים. And the books of Homer, which are not beloved, do not render the hands impure. As we reach towards the end of Seder Tarot, this idea is key. Sometimes it feels like purity and impurity is very foreign. What's the idea behind it? What's the point? And I think this really cuts to that question. We protect things by calling them impure. We reserve things for dignified usage by making sure that there are ramifications for touching them. The Talmud in Shabbat 14a tells us that the reason the sages decided that scripture should render the hands impure is so that people would not keep food near them. And the commentators there tell us that the food was attracting mice. Out of love for the scriptures, out of a sense of responsibility and protectiveness, scriptures were declared to make the hands impure. In accordance with their love is their impurity. As we mentioned at the beginning, King Solomon, the great lover of Israel, author of Song of Songs, created Tumat Yadayim, the impurities of the hands. Because of his love for Israel, he increased their observance of impurities. In accordance with their love is their impurity. Thanks for learning with me. This episode of Your Torah is brought to you by Jofa UK, in collaboration with women from around the world who all share a passion for Torah study. If you are enjoying Your Torah, consider sponsoring an episode. Find out more by visiting ukjofa.org. Join the conversation on social media using the hashtag YourTorah.